We are uh, on the second week of our series titled Build the Road. Build the Road. And I got that. I didn't come up with that myself, uh, but I actually heard it quoted first, and then I read it from a minister by the name of E.W. Kenyon, who's since gone on to be with the Lord. And uh, he said, confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. In other words, if God is going to get something through to you by you trusting him and believing him, it's going to have to come on a road and it's going to have to come on the road of confession. In other words, what I confess, that's what I have or that's what I possess. What I confess, I possess. And that's really the only way that I will possess it is by confessing it. So uh, before we get too far, I actually want to begin in uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth, your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Or you could say the word of trusting God that we preach or that we speak or that we declare. Verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or some translations say Jesus as Lord. In other words, Jesus is my Lord or Jesus is my master. And believe in your heart. Not your head, but believe in your heart. Like you could believe in your head, George Washington lived, and he did, whether you believe it or not, he did. <laughs> but the only real thing you had to prove that is writings and history works and, and those type of things. You don't actually have any eyewitnesses to his miracles and to probably the greatest miracle that he did, which was himself being raised from the dead. I mean, there were so many witnesses to the raising of Christ from the dead. You realize if that was not true, that uh, they would have just like um, found his body. But then somebody said, well, like what happens if they don't find his body? They're going to say he stole his body. But then the problem with that is he appeared to so many after he rose from the dead, that you cannot actually discredit all of the people that Christ spoke to and say it's a false thing and it's a flaw. Like you could maybe have like a small group of people, maybe the 12 disciples. Okay, guys, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to die, which they'd be confused about. They were confused about it anyhow. <laughs> and, and so I want you to hide my body and then tell everybody I rose again. And then the other problem with that is, uh, this is extra, okay? The other problem with that is, is that if you look at the apostles, and probably the most bold, in-your-face apostle was Peter. And before Christ died, he denied him three times. And afterwards, he preached one of the most dynamic, powerful, bold messages that we have recorded in the Word of God. How in the world would he do that if Christ did not raise from the dead? So Christ rose from the dead. And so, but you have to believe that in your heart, but that's not enough. Believe in his heart that God has raised him from the dead, 
thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, with your mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. So, verse 9, if you confess or declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And he goes on to explain, for with the heart you believe unto righteousness. In other words, you believe unto becoming in right standing with God or right with God. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, anytime I've had opportunity to pray with someone to receive Jesus Christ, it is such a high honor and high privilege. And most of those times, it wasn't because of seeds that I had sown into their life. The word of God had come to them through person after person after person, and I got to have the privilege of being the final one that prayed with them and helped them to confess what they believed in their heart. And I have to tell you, when I have done that, Every single time, there has not been one exception. Whenever I have prayed with someone to receive Christ, prior to receiving him, they feel heavy, they feel overwhelmed, they don't know what to do, and in some cases, I have to encourage them. I say, just believe. Do you believe this with your heart? Yeah, but it doesn't make sense to me. I said, that's fine, as long as you believe it in your heart. So let's, let's declare this. And as soon as they say, they confess, they declare, Jesus is Lord, boom. They are recreated and something happens. And this is my favorite part. Almost every time, because their eyes are closed, and then they'll be like, you almost, it's not like I haven't actually seen their faces glow, but it's almost like their faces start to glow. And they say, oh, I feel like this big weight rolled off of me. Why? Because they believe with their, their heart and they confessed with their mouth. They declared what they believed. And so where many times we find ourselves without even realizing it as a believer is we believe things, but we are not declaring things. And so really the kind of the main point or the focus, the main focus of this series is what is confession or what is saying, or what is declaration? What does that actually mean? Because um, people say a lot of things, and I could say a lot of things, but it's not just saying that makes the difference. It's confessing or declaring. All right, now let's look at uh, Mark 11, 22 through 25. Mark 11, 22 through 25. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. My margin says, actually, have the faith of God. So in one translation, my, uh, my current favorite says, lay hold on God's faithfulness. I love that scripture because it takes me out of the picture except for I'm grabbing hold of something he has. So my act, my work, if you could call it that, my action is as an act of faith, I lay hold on his faithfulness. In other words, he doesn't ever change. He is always there. He is always trustworthy. He is always faithful, and I lay hold on his faithfulness. So you might have a situation in your life that, that you even see like it shouldn't be this way, and then maybe you see it in the Word of God. It, the Word of God says it's not this way if I'm a believer, but then why am I experiencing this? Jesus would say, lay hold on the faithfulness of God. 
Lay hold on what God has done, what God can do, and what God is doing. Because, you know, we think uh, kind of in a linear fashion from point A, like all the way over to point B, because we are in what's called the realm of time. But God is outside of that realm. He is in eternity. He is. He didn't become. He won't become. He is. Right? Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I could almost add as a kind of a commentary, not past faith, not future faith, but now faith. Although the Bible's really saying faith is always now. But according to our thinking, we have to understand, if we, we tend to think like, okay, I was one and I'm gonna be like 85 or 95. And right now I'm in the middle, like 42 or not quite to the middle. So, but we think that way, but he's not in the realm of time and he is not subject to time. He is outside of the realm of time. And so Jesus said, lay hold on God's faithfulness. And then the Holy Spirit said through the writer of Hebrews, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. In other words, if you're hoping for something and you wanna see what you hope for happen, you wanna see it show up in your life or the life of someone that you love or the life of someone that you don't love, but you wanna see this happen, now faith is the substance of that. In other words, believe now. If you're not believing now, you're not actually believing. You're hoping. And hope is good, don't throw out hope. Because hope is actually the substance on which faith is built. In other words, um, now faith is the substance of things that we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, if you don't have hope, you're not going to have faith for it. So you have to have hope for it. So don't, um, in other words, if you find that, well, wait a second, maybe I'm not believing because I don't see this now. I don't see that it's done now. Well, then don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because you actually are on the road. You're on the path. But where many times we find ourselves as believers is we believe something, but our believer is not hooked up to our speaker, our mouth, right? I did tech for so long and still do it sometimes. And so if you don't connect the cables to the speaker, um, that speaker won't make a noise. It won't do anything. It won't move. And so you have to connect to your speaker. So you can believe all of you want, all you want. In other words, was it, uh, I don't remember which apostle, but one of the apostles said, he perceived that this man had faith to be healed. What does that mean? I thought if you had faith to be healed, you would be healed. But he perceived that he had faith to be healed. And then he said to him, he spoke, stand upright on your feet. That's kind of like after what I'm going to go to, so don't get distracted on it. But the same is true because in some cases, speak the road into existence that they can walk. You can speak the thing. You can speak the road into existence that they can walk on. And that's exactly what he did. Okay, have faith in God. Verse 23, Jesus said, and I'm going to read this one from the King James because that's how I learned it and I love it in the King James. For verily... I say unto you, that means 
like, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, as much as we would in a court of law make that statement, Jesus is saying, this is this serious, I want you to really pay attention. That whosoever, that means anybody, anywhere, whosoever, will say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, what? That those things that he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Now there's three words say there, besides when Jesus said, I say unto you. So that would actually be four, but that's not what we're talking about. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says shall come to pass, he'll have what? Whatever God says? No, whatever he says. But don't leave out verse 22. I don't like it when people leave out verse 22. Because Jesus said, have faith in God. In other words, lay hold on God's faithfulness. I'm holding on to God's faithfulness. I'm latched on to his faithfulness. I'm latched on to what he's done, what he does, the way he is. And now I'm speaking. So when you have faith in your words, your words are really latched on to him. So they're really his words. Do you understand that? And so you're speaking. And so you have solid ground to stand on. Because I could come up with a lot of stuff. Some, some of you know in here, like, uh, I can be an analytical thinker, and so I could think in a lot of different directions that amaze a lot of people. I don't I think it was Melody or maybe Jeremy, one of these times we were talking about this years ago about thinking, and I said, and they're like, well, I'm not thinking about anything. I said, how can you think about nothing? I mean, the only time that happens for me is when I'm praying in tongues and getting the presence of God, and then like, oh, be still and know that I'm Lord. And I said, right now, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And I said, you have to be thinking about thinking about nothing. Like, you're thinking about something. But you could think a lot of thoughts. Right? See, I get, I get stuck in the... Brother Hagin used to say in the meetings, he'd always have like Thursday night, we'd have week-long meetings, most of them, some of them were a couple weeks. And so he'd say like... Uh, Thursday night is uh, Rhema Day, so everybody double up. And he said, that just means whatever you're planning on giving, just double it. And, but, you know, we travel with him, so I would sit there, and I would think, now, how much am I supposed to give? Because I know he's going to say double it. So did I already double it, or did I double the double it? I'm trying to let you in on my thinking, my, you know... People think you have a real simple life, but no, if you think too much, it's very difficult. I mean, it can be very complicated. I'm like, well, what? And I would tell Mel, I'm like, well, I don't know. They said double it, but I knew he was going to say double it. So I was like, what was I planning on bringing? And so, um, T.L. Osborne said, Thinking is some of the hardest work that you'll ever do. Don't be afraid to think. You have the mind of Christ. And when you go to the word of God and you can get your mind changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. And so if you find yourself thinking some thoughts that you ought not to be thinking and you know you ought not to be thinking those thoughts, um, the way to not think those thoughts is not to try to not think those thoughts. Because in my case, I would think about trying to not think those thoughts. But in the case of the word of God, 
you have to transform those thoughts. I mean, you have to change those thoughts and be transformed as a result so that all of a sudden you don't even recognize how you used to think because you're so totally uh, different. In Romans 12, 1, the word for transform is actually Greek word uh, with the root word metamorphosis. No metamorphosis from school? Like completely changed, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Like if you didn't tell your kids that becomes that, they would be like, whoa, you're saying those are the same thing? Um, Be completely changed and completely transformed. But Jesus said, Speak to this mountain, and if I called my Bible the mountain, and I said, I want you to be removed and cast into the chair, (laughs) I am telling this Bible to do something. So Jesus was giving us an example of commanding a mountain or commanding the mountain in your life or commanding the, the thing that's in your way in your life so you can't see clear, that you can't see around, that you, you're just in awe of because it's so enormous and so amazing. And every time you start to go around and think, oh, I'm going to go around, you, you catch another glimpse of this side of it. Jesus said, speak to that mountain or command that mountain. Now, I say that because you don't have to know the Greek words, although I'm going to tell you the Greek words, in order to realize he is telling you to give a command. He's saying, have faith in God, give a command, and believe that what you command comes to pass. Essentially is what he's saying. But the Greek words for say, there's three words say. If you say to the mountain, that's the Greek word epo. And then believe those things that you say, that's the Greek word lego. And then he'll have whatever he says, that's again epo. And that Greek word epo is really to give a command. That's why I feel like this is very um, important to understand because if you say, uh, just say to the mountain, uh, be removed. Well, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me and many times people that I interact with and, and hear talk is um, just saying isn't all that powerful. Like I used the example last week, uh, if you say, I love you. Well, you know what? Even I'm married, I'm married to my wife. That's a, that's a revelation. Yeah. I'm married to Melody, my wife. And I could say, I love you, babe. Or I could really draw it from my innermost being and say, I love you. And you know, there's something different there. Well, the same way you could say, I love cheeseburgers or I love french fries uh, you know, the language in English, American English, sometimes is, is a little bit, uh, there's too many things that we call love. And um, it's not all what the Bible calls love, that kind of love. And so when we say, say to the mountain, or hold fast, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, I think it is, hold fast to your confession. We could just kind of like say, well, that just like keep saying what the Bible says. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says keep homologing, which is the Greek word there for confession. And so um, when we talk about confession or we talk about where Jesus said say, which is the Greek word epo, Epo is a command, and so is homologio. It's not a command, but homologio actually is a declaration. 
And as we talked about last week, it's the same thing as going into a court, raising your hand and say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. In fact, the greatest way that it is represented in the word of God in the New Testament is in the legal sense that it binds the person who's saying it to their words. In other words, if I speak in this way, if I confess, I am bound to my words. In other words, I am going to, it's like a promise. I am going to do this. Um, And so we're not to become uh, separated from our words. Literally, if you look in vines, it'll say uh, basically agreed. How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? And so confessing is agreeing with something. But again, it's not just saying, I agree we're going to go home and have lunch today. It is, we are going home and having lunch today. Like, did you notice? Like, it's like I'm, and I don't do this to my wife, but it's like I'm commanding her. I am declaring this is what we're doing. Like, so if she's thinking, we're going to go do this, going to do that, we are going home and having lunch at home today. No, we may not, but anyhow, that's the plan. (laughs) Did I just blow the whole sermon? (laughs) I'm just using it as an example when, I, when you confess, um, you're promising, and you are binding yourself to the words that you're speaking. In other words, you're just serious about what you're saying. So I think we used the example last week of Smith Wigglesworth, and I love the example. He's standing close to a bus stop, and he sees this lady with this little dog at the bus stop, and the little dog. bus comes, and her little dog is there, and she says, go home, go home, and the little dog's just still wagging his tail, still there. And she said, go home, go home. And she can't get on the bus because the dog is there and won't leave. Finally, she said, go home. And Smith Wigglesworth observed this, and he said, that's exactly how you have to do the devil. In other words, there are no two ways about this. I am commanding this, and this is what has to happen. Well, the only way we can do that in our lives when the devil brings something to us is we have to actually have authority. And Jesus gave us authority. But the greatest way to have a voice like that is to speak with a voice of faith. In other words, a voice that originates in God, from God, through his word. How do you get that? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One translation said, faith is awakened by hearing the word of God. Well, that means, and really hearing there is hearing the rhema of God. It means when the word of God comes alive to you, and it's like God is speaking to you because he is. So you see it, and you're like, oh, you may have read it before. It may have registered on your brain before, but you have never seen it in that light because the Holy Spirit puts light. And all of a sudden, You connect with that. Now, don't stop there. Don't stop. Build the road. You confess. You declare. You come into agreement with. You say, this is the way it is, and you command it. Now, Jesus, when he said in Mark 11, 23, whosoever will say, he'll have whatever he says, That's epo, and that's also command. 
We're not just saying things. We're not just aimlessly talking. We're not just saying things uh, for the sake of saying them, but we are declaring. And I used, and I think it's such a funny example, so I'm gonna use it again, but Pastor Mark Hankins, we were a couple years ago uh, in Tennessee with them, and the mayor of the city actually, or the county, I don't know, it's kind of weird, city, county mayor, but anyhow, attends the church. And so um, he decided that the city wanted to honor Pastor Mark and declare it uh, Mark Hankins Day. So if you look in the records of that city, that day in 2000, January of 2016 is declared Mark Hankins Day because the mayor has the authority to declare it, and he declared it, and it's so. Well, you have authority in your life to declare some things, but if you don't declare them, they won't be so. He could think till he's blue in the face, oh, I want to honor Pastor Mark from the city. I really want to show him some honor. I really, really want to do something for him. But if he doesn't declare it, it won't be declared and it won't be done. So Jesus said, don't be amazed like you're, you're amazed like this, this tree was dried up from its roots right before verse 22 when we're talking about the fig tree. And he said, have faith in God. And then he said, whosoever will say to this mountain, in other words, whosoever will command this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, or whosoever shall talk from their voice of faith, or shall declare with the voice of faith to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and will not doubt in his heart. In other words, you can doubt in your head, and this will still work. Can't doubt in your heart and work. That those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says with his voice of faith. So I call it the voice of faith, your voice of faith, or your voice of authority. And then... Uh, I was looking up uh, a few other passages where we see that same Greek word, Mark 5, 4, and um, Mark 5, 43, Mark chapter 5, verse 43, in the New King James, it says, but he commanded them strictly that no one should know about it, this is Jesus, and said that something should be given her to eat, and then... Um, commanded her that something should be given her to eat. That is the same Greek word, epo. And then if you look over in uh, Mark chapter three, if you are the son of God, command this stone to be made bread. Amplified says, order this stone to be made bread. Weymouth says, tell this stone to become bread. My favorite is Young's literal translation. If you are the son of God, speak to this stone that it become bread. Speak to this stone. In other words, speak to this mountain, speak to this stone, epo the stone, epo the mountain. You command it, you speak it, right? So when I first would first read that, um, tell this stone to become bread, that doesn't do a lot for me necessarily. Okay, stone become bread. And so I, I, I also gave the example last week um, that uh, when you're believing God for finances, the finances that you need are not in heaven, they are here in the earth. There's no American dollars in heaven. You need American dollars here, which you can translate into bank account ones and zeros. Anyhow, see the thinking part. So 
you have authority in the earth. And the earth and the fullness uh, of the earth, everything that's in the earth was actually created for Adam and his man, and the devil tricked mankind and um, deceived Eve, and then Adam knew what he was doing, and uh, they sold out to the devil. He became the God of this world. But we, through Jesus Christ, have authority over the God of this world, and so we have to tell the devil, command the devil to take his hands off. And then, you know, according to Hebrews, command the, tell the minister and spirits to go cause the money to come. But then after that, what do you do? You keep what's called the switch of faith turned on. In other words, you keep believing and you keep declaring what you believe has come to pass. And so what I say is the money will come or the money's on the way. But I was, uh, for a few weeks, uh, uh, before this series, before Jessica helped me get this series, <laughs> I was for a few weeks, uh, I would say, the money will come. The money will come, just sort of matter of fact. And all of a sudden, I saw this, and I said, oh, no, I got you now. And so I said, the money will come. Now, I'm not saying that from my head. I'm saying that from my heart. Well, how can I say it with that tone of voice? Well, I could, like, change my tones and, the money will come. The money will come. The money will come. <laughs> it's not really the tone of my voice, although you can hear it, but actually what happens in more reality is you sense it in your own spirit that that was spoken with the spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith, and if you don't speak with that spirit of faith, it will not penetrate. And so... I was, I think it was Monday, uh, either Sunday or Monday this last week. Man, all of a sudden, my body got attacked, and I wasn't feeling well, and uh, I was in bed, and I couldn't even think straight, and I was, all these emotions, and all this stuff's happening, and I didn't know what to do, and um, I asked my wife to pray for me, but I, I, I knew that there needed to be this command. It needed to come from deep down. And so I would say it, you know, and tell it to go and these type of things until what I had to do was I had to school myself into commanding and declaration. And for whatever reason, you know, I always encourage people to go with what scripture is alive to them. So for whatever reason, um, this is what came up in my spirit. And I declared I, excuse me, I said, first of all, I just spoke it. I am not under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the son of God. But I didn't say it that strongly. I'm trying to say how I said it because I was like in despair, you know. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not under the dominion of the king. And so, but I knew that that was there. I knew that was the word I needed to speak. And so I said, I am not under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the, of the Son of God. I am not under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the Son of God. I am not under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the Son of God. I am not under the dominion until I was shouting it. So that I thought my kids were sleeping, but my daughter said, Dad, what was going on last night? <laughs> I said, I was getting victory over the devil. And I kid you not, if I could visually show you what it felt like, 
Because, because, okay, this is not, I don't want to take too much time. This is not a study on the devil, but just so you know, when I had her pray, it was as if, if you could see an evil force, it was as if it went behind me and hid. So that all of a sudden it's like, okay, everything's okay now, just, you know, because no insinuation on her, but she was just speaking. She wasn't boldly speaking, okay? And so when I said that, it was as if I could feel four fingers go, because it, it uh, basically something went into my chest. It was as if I could almost physically feel four fingers pull out of my chest and leave. Like that. Well, it wasn't like that because I had to confess it. But as soon as I confessed it and declared it, I found what I call, I found my voice of faith. Just, it changed. But so many times, we settle with what the devil is bringing into our lives because we don't find our voice of faith. And sometimes to find your voice of faith, you just have to begin speaking what you know the word of God says, but don't stop until you find your voice of faith. And as soon as you find your voice of faith, you know, all of a sudden, now it's easy. And so I was, I was um, talking with someone, and we were talking about... Uh, you know, direction in life and praying and, um, you know, the, the distractions that can come. And I said, say, this is good for me. And I said, don't just say it. Declare, this is good for me. Praying in other tongues, speaking the word of God. You declare, this is good for me. And when I do that, it'll have an effect. Do you know what? The second they said that, whew, a road appeared. No, I didn't see a road. But you could sense this road and it was the easiest thing in the world to believe, all right? And I'll close with one more example. And that was my daughter, my oldest child, Evie. Uh, you know, we homeschool. Well, that's not, you know, people, somebody I heard the other day, people say they lie all the time. Apparently, it's true. I don't know. <laughs> my wife homeschools. I help sometimes. <laughs> I'll just be accurate. <laughs> and so uh, I could hear in the other room, because I work from home, I could hear in the other room, um, Evie was having a difficult time. And she was kind of like, you know, uh, I don't understand it. I'm not going to understand it, uh, all this type of stuff. And we'll get into that in coming weeks, you know, because you can actually uh, declare things and send yourself the opposite direction from what you want to go. And she was doing this. And so I was in the middle of studying this series about a month ago. And so a month and a half maybe. And so uh, I said, Evie, come in here. So she came. And I said, honey, I said, you understand, you have what you say or you have what you declare. So I want you to say, I can learn this and I can do this in Jesus' name. And she said, uh, it was something like that. She said, uh, I can learn this and I can do this in Jesus' name. And I said, no, I told you I wanted you to declare it and you be serious about it. And she said, I can learn this and I can do this in Jesus' name. And then she, and I didn't tell her what was going to happen. And then she said, oh, Daddy, I feel completely different now. And she went and did it. But where we find ourselves in the faith life or the faith walk so many times is we see this goal that we want to get to and we believe in that goal. We believe that God gave us that goal, that he gave us that answer. But we don't 
build the road with our mouth that connects us to that road. But as soon as you build that road with what you command and what you declare, you, if you haven't done this or you don't do this regularly, just do it. And you'll be like, this is easy. Because it's not a hard thing. But the thing is, we have to speak and we have to declare. And that's our connection. I read at the very beginning, if you confess with your mouth, you come into agreement with, bind yourself by your words to that statement that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Christianity is actually known as the great confession. The way that you come into the kingdom is through believing and speaking. And the way that you receive what the kingdom has to offer is through believing and speaking. And so if your road seems rough and it seems tough and it seems like you're bogged down and seems like you can't quite get through or you can't quite make a connection, then I'd like to ask you one thing. What have you been declaring? Some people say, well, I haven't been saying bad things. Okay, because I started out, I used to say like bad things. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Things are going to turn out bad, you know. And then I got filled with the Spirit and started to learn more about the Word of God. And then I would be like, (gasps) (laughs) Pastor Mark Hankins says, if you're silent, you lose by default. So you actually can't be silent. You have to speak. But you speak according to the word of God, and you will get, receive according to the word of God. We have the same spirit of faith. Let me, let me read that. I see I told that's the story I was closing with. This is a scripture I'm closing with. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter four. Verse 16, oh, excuse me, 413. We having the same spirit of faith, according it is as it's written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know him today. He wants to come and live inside of you to give you a new life and a new nature to make you brand new on the inside. He wants to um, have you in his presence and in the presence of his Father, the God of the universe. And that only can happen through him and through his blood and through his life that was given up for you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to pray with you and I'd like to pray for you. Just slip up your hand and um, we'll pray with you and pray for you. There's not a better time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to come to him. He loves you. He knows all about you. uh, The Bible actually says that while we were sinners or while we were messing up, Christ died for us then. He didn't die for us 
after we got cleaned up, you can't actually clean up enough to come to Christ. But you can receive him and receive what he did this morning. And then you'll be pure and you'll be holy and you'll be righteous just like Jesus.